Welcome to Bad Movie Brunch with me, Luke, here in Chicago. And me, Katie, here in Los Angeles. Katie, it has been a hot second since we've, well, seen one another because that's been like years, but spoken to one another. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's been a second. You can go ahead and close the door, babe. <laughs> My fiance is in the room while we record, so she, she may be in and out. Oh, you, hi, Taylor. <laughs> you, may hear, no, good. you may hear a creak of the floor. Um, but you know what? Oh, that's good. that's the show you signed up for, folks, uh, for yeah, free yeah. on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. We're very, very real. Very real. Yeah. This is my life. Very Do you want to pull back the fucking curtain? Yeah. Not, every <laughs> not everything's as glamorous as you think with the Bad Movie Brunch crew. Um, no, we're just regular folks. We've been all over the country, though, so not so regular in some ways. Like, Where have you been ah. recently, Katie? Like, Since our amazing Spider-Man episode aired, where in the world has been Katie San Diego? Katie San Diego went to Portland, Oregon for a hot bit. I went home uh, to go visit my old man for a bit, which was nice. Uh, what about you? Uh, haven't you gone on a wonderful adventure as of late? I did. I went on a magical adventure. Uh, mm-hmm. Me and the aforementioned fiance, uh, the one who's creaking around. Uh, we took a trip to Disney World to celebrate uh, getting engaged. Um, we got engaged a few months ago, but you know you have to take time to save money to go to Disney because the mouse ain't cheap. Um, but it was a blast. We had a great time. Uh, we got the Disney gives out buttons for special occasions, and uh, a little while ago they discontinued and went to a more basic uh like palette of like four buttons instead of all the random ones. They used to have like just engaged, just married, this many years anniversary or whatever. So I got on eBay, yeah, and got the old ones that literally say just engaged. And I got to be honest, it oh that's so well, cute. <laughs> thank you. It's very yeah. Well, you know, you know what kind of sport I am. Yeah. Uh, but uh. So I did it, and you get, I swear to God, you get treated like a celebrity, um, which was pretty incredible um, because, you know, the cast members there are, like, world-class already, um, but then they get trained. They're trained to acknowledge it and stuff. So it's like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not really uh, – I don't know. I don't know how much I really crave attention. I think sometimes that sort of thing gives me anxiety. Um, but yeah. in th- being in, like, in that light and being there specifically celebrating that reason, it was really cool. It was nice for us. We had a really fun time, and – um, got some extra sweets here and there, and um, uh, it was it was so good. So, been all over. Uh, been dying to get back to the brunch, and uh, yeah. in the in the meantime, the I'm sure we've both just watched a, our fair share of content, uh, both new and old. So I'd love to hear. I'd love to now that I've ca- caught up with your 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 life life. Now let me let me get caught up with your real life, which is watching movies. <laughs> Uh, what have you been checking out? Well, uh, my life right now is actually television. So I have been Netflixing quite a bit. I watched all of the third season of Glow, and it is amazing. Ooh. Uh, it got really queer this season, which is fantastic for me. And there's a great uh, lesbian side story that I think was handled in one of the best ways I've ever encountered in any kind of media. It was very sweet, very awkward, and it felt really real. And you really root for these characters to be together. There's not a whole heck of a lot of time spent on them. But the second season of, or excuse me, the second episode of the third season real, really deals with their, like, relationship stu- struggles and, like, how there was homophobia in the 80s. And I'm really glad that we're acknowledging that homophobia existed and still exists. Because I feel like in a lot of these TV shows, there's this kind of magical thinking like everybody's just always been accepting and always will be accepting when if you're a queer person you know that's absolutely not the case 
like the last season of Stranger Things, there's a lesbian character who comes out to uh, a, another character, and he's just immediately accepting, like without even really thinking about it. And that's great, but there's no greater context for how that might have been perceived during that time period, and I think that's kind of myopic and close-minded. Uh, so I'm glad that Glow dealt with that a little bit more. I also watched all of 12 Forever, which is this really cute cartoon. Uh, I watched the short way back in the day, that the pilot, and they changed up quite a bit, but it's really fun. It's all about this girl uh, who is really struggling with the idea of growing up, and she goes to this kind of magical place called Endless, where she's able to just uh, live out her fantasies and uh, be her own action hero and try to escape from growing up and how the real world keeps pulling her back. And I think that it's it's really complex and wonderful, and I'm I'm glad there's a show like that out right now. Um, did you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I did. Okay. What did you think? I I mean, I under I understand why people like it. Um, I I know how that sounds, and I swear I'm not trying to sound as bitchy as it does sound. Um, but I I just I. Th- thought it could have been you know what here simply here's what it is i think i did that thing where you know you think a movie is going to be something and then that's the movie you hope you see and then it ends up being something completely different and in that time like i can't appreciate what i'm getting because i thought it was something else what about you what'd you think i i enjoyed the um the, the chemistry between Brad Pitt and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, I thought they worked as a, as a wonderful duo. I thought their acting was fantastic. I do agree. I wish that there was a bit more going on. There's, there's an in-joke in there that I'm not sure how well it translates outside of Los Angeles, which is um, there's a lot of scenes of Brad Pitt driving and driving and driving until he goes home. And I live that life. Every day, going to and from work, I live in North Hollywood and I commute to uh, Santa Monica, which is a bit of a trek. So I get what he's going for, but at the same time, you don't really need that in a movie. It's already kind of bloated and uh, a little indulgent. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I um, I know there's been a lot of criticism about uh, the representation of Bruce Lee. That uh, the actor that played him uh, did a great job, but the concern was over how he was presented as being kind of this cocky uh, guy that thinks that he could take on Muhammad Ali. And his uh, daughter came out and said that uh, he never would have been so disrespectful and he absolutely would not lose to Brad Pitt. Which I think, in fairness, Quentin's response was, well, he could lose to Brad Pitt's character. And I, I get that, but I also think that you kind of tread a line when it comes to these real-life people and presenting them uh with fictional characters that it's always going to be kind of uncomfortable uh i i kind of didn't even need the manson murder element i'm a i'm a true crime buff and i'm interested in the story and i knew that it was going to be a revisionist history a la um uh, inglorious bastards just because i heard i read an article in the in the trades that quentin tarantino actually called up uh, Roman Polanski, or Roman Polanski called him, and he was like, I, I see that you're doing a movie with my wife in it, my who died, who got terribly murdered, what's up with that? And he explained it, and he got uh, the blessing. So I knew that they weren't going to show a grisly murder of her on screen, 
and that it, it was more likely that Manson and company were going to get killed. But honestly, I didn't really need that. Like, if we had just spent time in this kind of retro Hollywood, just spending time with these guys, and something else happened to end the movie, some other kind of resolution, I think that would have worked better. I don't think that this is a movie that needed as much violence as it ended up having. It almost, it, it felt like a very odd choice for Quentin just to leave everything up until the end. Also, so much feet. I don't think I've ever seen so much he, feet in a movie before. He loves before. himself some feet. Um, mm. Yeah, I I, uh, I I hear what you're saying. I, I think there's a world where that movie could have been like, if we condense that plot, it'd be a sweet 90 minute, you know? And yeah. that's, who the fuck am I to, you know, to tell Quentin Tarantino how to make a movie? I mean... You're right. Like you got some of the biggest stars in the world. Everybody in the cast is crushing. Uh, it's all eye candy. The sets are expensive. It looks like this beautiful Hollywood that probably never was and probably is in Quentin's mind. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, that's nice. And, you know, our friend Jake S. Weissman described it as like, oh, this movie's a fairy tale. Um, and, you know, the yeah. idea of Brad Pitt being able to beat bruce lee maybe that didn't even happen maybe that's in his fantasy like you know what i mean like so it's just like a lot of stuff like how reliable is it um and i think this movie is probably a lot deeper than i'm i'm able to give it credit for especially at this time um i don't know i i I, like part of me is like part of me is like maybe i'm just an idiot (laughs) and the movie's like a revelation um or maybe i don't know i think it's fair to criticize yeah and i'm not saying i didn't have a good time i'm just saying that there are things that are like this is a lot yeah well i'm glad i'm glad i'm glad to, to hear that you saw it because i wanted to hear your thoughts on it i'm really excited to see ready or not um have you seen anything really for it looks cool i don't know why i, I didn't think that you were a whore Kat. i'm not but i you know i i'm really starting to live in that in that world where it's like bloody comedy um, or like creepy Aww. comedy. Like I loved Greta and that mm-hmm. was like creepy and comedy kind of, I loved happy death day. The first one. Um, oh, I love so like happy I'm death starting day. to like kind of feel that. Uh, and th- that movie, yeah. when there's nothing coming out, uh, in August and shit, it just looked like, it looks like something I might get a kick out of. I'll go see it for cheap. But Katie, shall we get into the, shall we get into the, the brains of this episode into the meat that, I, oh, I am so ready. This is a Katie Grotzinger uh, original selection. Uh, we're throwing it yes. back a little further. We've been doing a lot of more recent movies. Uh, but mm-hmm. this one is an animated feature uh, featuring everybody's favorite hound. What flick we watching, Katie? So today we watched Scooby-Doo and the Ghoul School from uh, the 1988 uh, just direct television movie. Uh, It is part of what I call the Red Shirt Shaggy Trilogy, which is like Scooby-Doo and the Boo Brothers, Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf, and this one, which I think is the crown jewel of the trilogy, Scooby-Doo and the Ghoul School. Yeah, it. um, I I was wondering about Shaggy's Red Shirt, Um, so I was like, what the fuck? Um, And Mm -hmm. is this a true trilogy, or is this something you've pieced together yourself? Oh, this is just how I think of it, because Shaggy wears a red shirt in all of them. They're not a true trilogy, because they don't really string together. They're all by different writers, and so they're all by varying different qualities. But this one is the best of the bunch, in part because it's written by Glenn Leopold, who also wrote uh, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, which is probably the best Scooby-Doo movie of all time. I recall that one. Yeah, that was good. Mm -hmm. That was like our childhood, right? 
Um, oh yeah. Hell yeah. And I was, you know, I'm, I'm so happy to have your expertise in areas where I have none of which there are many Katie. Um, but <laughs> this is one specifically where I'm like, Oh, tell me, tell me again about animation. And, uh, you always have mm-hmm. such a great insight. Um, I was wondering why you selected it. Is that the reason because of the writer or is this one have a special place in your heart for any other reason? This one has a special place in my heart because I remember watching it. It, it was one of those things that was always on Cartoon Network. Like just like when they and whenever they had dead air, they would just replay these direct to uh, TV movies. And this was one of them. And it just it's so weird because it there was just this weird thing that happened in the 80s where I think Hanna-Barbera collectively went, what if Scooby and Shaggy, none of the other Mystery Inc. members and Scrappy all went on adventures together and what if monsters are real and then they just did three movies of that where shaggy wears a red shirt which is the weirdest thing of all and i i just love this one though because the idea of shaggy being a gym teacher just really cracks me up yeah and i i really loved the girls like like the girls at the school uh, they they really st- stuck in my memory and they actually there's this show on air right now called okko and they got the rights of the characters and they actually appear in one of the episodes. So clearly there's staying power for more people than just me. That's incredible. That, and Katie, look at that. All, all like all in that moment, you just made this episode the more relevant, uh, tied us back <laughs> to the present day. Um, yeah, it's a weird side story. That's the first thing I thought. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, red shirt. That's fucked up. Almost turned it off. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, nah, no thanks. Green shirt or bust. And then I'm like, okay, yeah. but this is fine. I mean, it's like, you know, it's the Jay and Silent Bob of uh, of the of Mystery Inc. I'd love to watch a feature of just mm-hmm. them. Uh, so I'm like having a good time. And then Scrappy shows up and I'm like, oh, and I almost turned it off again. I'm like, fuck Scrappy. <laughs> Nobody likes that little shit. Um, yeah, he sucks. Yeah, I was like, okay. And then I was like, I don't know. Th- this, so just, I'm like, okay, <laughs> Shaggy's going to go be a gym teacher at this school for mm-hmm. girls. Is that weird? And like, what's the point? And like, how do you come up with that idea? Um, and then I was like, I don't know. It felt like the concept was born out of like the built-in wordplay with girls and ghouls. Uh, yeah. Like, and all I could think of was that part of with mystery Inc and Jay and Bob strike back. Not girl, not girls. Oh, you yeah. fucking moron ghouls. Um, hot sexy girls yeah i wish I they were it. hitchhiking girls um, yeah <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah no that's so that's what i was thinking and i don't know i i i'm into it i'm into an elseworld scooby-doo tale i wish scrappy wasn't there but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm into it um yeah. why don't you introduce us to the to the players we got these these lovely these lovely ladies uh at miss at miss grim is it miss grimwood's School for yeah, ghouls or I don't know something like that. Okay, so there's uh, all of the girls at the school are daughters of the famous uh, monsters of the 30s and 40s. The, those movie monsters. So you have Sabella, who is Count Dracula's daughter, and she um she her whole thing is that she just makes vampire puns all the time. So she goes Fang Shaggy. And, uh, just, like, I'm going batty, you know, like, things like that. Fantastic. It's, it's a lot. She's also purple, which is fun. There's Elsa Frankenteen, which is the daughter of Frankenstein's monster. Uh, she kind of reminds me of Ed from Ed, Ed, and Eddie. (laughs) Uh, a little bit smarter. A little bit smarter, but, but some of her character movement reminds me a lot of him. 
Then there's Wenny, who's the daughter of the werewolf, and she just howls. She's just very uh, energetic and short with curly hair. Uh, the one I remember the most is Phantasma, who is the Phantom's daughter, and she goes by Fancy a lot. She's got this very uh, intense laugh, and uh, she's actually voiced by Russie Taylor, who was the voice of Minnie Mouse for many, many years and actually just recently passed oh, away within the month. R.I.P. Yeah, so this is a pour one out for Russie Taylor. She, she does a great performance here. I never forgot about Fanti uh, and her go-go boots. And finally, there's Tannis. And I didn't know this until, like, right before we started the episode, but I guess that's a city in Egypt. What is? And uh, she's Tannis. Oh, okay. And uh, she's the mummy's daughter. She's the youngest, and she has this, like, little ponytail made from uh, bandages. And she wears, like, this pink ribbon. She's really cute. They're all very cute girls. And they all, uh, th- th- like, th- you just like them because they're just so excited to, they, they want to be good at physical exercise. Like, like it's very much a pro-physical education kind of short movie. And the reason why they want to <laughs> get in shape is because they want to win the volleyball tournament or the volleyball game against the all-boys military school that's just next door. Because why not? It's the 80s. Okay, good. I'm glad that that plot felt as weird to you as it did to me. Because I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, so here we are. Shaggy, Scooby, and Scrappy. Shaggy in a red mm-hmm. shirt. In a van that is not the mystery machine. Going. No, I have a theory about that. I think it's Fred's. I think Fred has the mystery machine. Oh, good call. So this is just a stoner van. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Going to... Uh, a gig not hu- not hunting like monsters or whatever but becoming a gym teacher for these ghouls because like you said monsters are real now and they're not afraid for some mm-hmm. reason even though they normally are very afraid and it's all uh and of course it would be a volleyball match with this boys mm-hmm. military school um why volleyball was my first question um uh, and you know, uh, among many, um, and also, you know, the Callaway Cadets, the boys across the way, um, yeah, they're kind of shitty. Like they're 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 kind <laughs> of like little assholes. Um, yeah, and I don't care for it. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of heavyweights with Camp Hope and Camp MVP. Uh, Dude, absolutely. If if Camp Hope were instead of being obese children. Uh, were female monster children. Yeah. And... Uh, it's, it's so weird. And, and, like, um, you you said that they're not afraid of them, but they kind of are. Like, it's weird, because in a, in a regular movie, like, if this wasn't a Scooby-Doo television movie, you would have Shaggy, Scooby, uh, going to go be teachers at the school, originally afraid of monsters, because they are scared, but they decide to stay for some reason... And uh, at the very end, they decide that they're still scared and they run away when there's more girls to teach. So nobody learns anything throughout the course of this movie. Not a, not a damn thing. There's no character arc, nothing. It's just like, things just happen because they happen. And that's what makes it, that's what I think puts, this, put it, puts it on this list, on this podcast. Is that it's just so weird and nonsensical. Yeah. But yeah, uh, the other thing about the Camp Calloway boys is that they just look so different 
like style wise from Scooby, Shaggy, and Scrappy. They do. Like they just look from like a completely they're... different department. Right. They look like they're from fucking Fat Albert. Yeah. Absolutely. It's so bizarre to see them all like next to each other. It's jarring. I will say this. Di- but yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just saying. I, I will say this felt very um, the proper amount of spooky. Uh, we're starting to get toward that spooky time of year. Um, so I felt like this would be a great Halloween uh, viewing. Like if you were having a mm-hmm. Halloween party where you were drinking alcohol because you have to drink alcohol to watch this. Um, next time I'm going oh, to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you should. This, is a, this, would, this would be the movie for it. Um, because it's definitely like pretty. It's very, you know, I like the animation uh, in its varying uh, styles. I like uh, the colors. I'm, I'm cool with like the voice acting is stellar. Uh, I'm having a good time. The story is the most obscure fucking thing I could ever imagine, but it's incredibly watchable. And, you know, on Amazon where I rented it, it had a 6.9 out of 10, which is not terrible. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, where does it rank for you? Does, is it is it is it hard to put this on a spectrum with the main like the main cast, like the main crew, like the where like Scooby-Doo, where are you? Um, do you consider this like uh, something that should be only ranked as the trilogy you mentioned or is it possible to uh enjoy scooby shaggy or yeah scooby shaggy and scrappy as much as you could enjoy uh a flick with the entire mystery inc together i love this movie i it's actually one of my favorite scooby-doo movies of all time but i do think that there is something seriously missed when you don't have the game together there, there was this whole period in the 80s where they just they just decided that they didn't need the other members. And I don't know if that's because they thought they were just going to ride on the success of the characters that everybody liked. Or if they couldn't get the voice actors, if they were doing other things or what. But you just, you miss it. Like, you miss uh, Daphne. You miss, you know, Velma, like, losing her glasses and coming up with plans and keeping things straight and on the narrow. And Fred, like, they, they have a dynamic. Oh, for sure. And... It's, it's very bizarre, but even so, I find myself coming back to this one be- because I, I think that you're onto something. I think that you can enjoy it on a separate plane. Like, it's wacky Scooby-Doo as opposed to, like, regular Scooby-Doo. You just gotta take it for what it is. Just be like, ah, I guess Scrappy is here. I guess. I guess there are monsters here, uh, and they're real, and I guess there's not gonna be... Like, as long as you keep in mind that it's just fun... And Halloweeny, and is. you just have it on because you have dead air, like Cartoon Network did. I, th- I think that you have a good time, and I do think that these characters have staying power because they're they're charming. Agreed. I like them totally. I they're sweet kids. They just and their enthusiasm for physical fitness. I, I just I just find it so so charming and how they just like all are so open and welcoming, even though they're so weird. Like there's a kind of Adams Family's esque element. Totally. To this. Totally. This was in that era of, like, a pup named Scooby-Doo and stuff like that, too, right? Oh, like, yeah. This is, like, right before a pup named Scooby-Doo. Okay. Because, you know what? This felt like... It felt like, to me, as I got through it, and we got we got through the volleyball, like, little arc of it, where the girls end up, like... Mm-hmm. when It's a very suspect game of volleyball, um, where the girls yeah. end up winning, but the, the little fucker cadets have, like... Uh, like a remote control ball. It was a whole thing. Scooby swallowed the remote. Yeah. Um, but wacky hijinks and so much, so much hijinks, but it felt like they wanted to make a whole season of this. Like, and then 
Yes. Didn't it? Like, it felt like this was going to be a spinoff season with, like, them at the ghoul school. Because, like, they, the way you could cut it up, it felt like uh, individual episodes. And by the time I got through the volleyball arc of it, I'm like, that felt like one or two episodes of a season uh, of them teaching. And then when, like, the, you know, their parents show up and it's, like, the universal monsters, like, doing Avengers Assemble and, mm-hmm. like, all their dads are there and shit. That felt like a completely different episode uh, where you introduced the plot of, like, that other monster. I can't remember. Repulsa? No. Um, Revolta. Revolta, uh, who wanted to like Revolta and the Grim Creeper, <laughs> who wanted to like, you know, harness the collective power of all those like famous monster fathers of these young ghouls. Um, that felt like another episode too. So I'm like, shit, that would have been a solid season of TV if they did like eight or ten, uh, you know, episodes uh, of just Scooby and uh, Scooby and them at the ghoul school. Personally, I think it would play uh, better than trying to cram it all into one. I, it's very interesting that you say that because uh, right bef- right around this time, but be- definitely before it, there was uh, Scoop- the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. Are you aware of that I one? I don't know anything about that. Okay, that one is weird because I th- actually I think Shaggy wears a red shirt in that one as well. Uh, so it's Shaggy, Scooby, Scrappy, and Daphne. Ooh. And they all end up, it's a 13-episode single season where ghosts are real. And Shaggy and Scooby accidentally open this box, and these 13 ghosts get out, and the whole season is them trying to get the ghosts back in the box. Oh, yeah. And it's voiced by Vincent Price. Like, he just is is there, which is fun. Uh, and it's... There, there, but there's whole 13 episodes of them doing that wacky bullshit. And I feel like this was a backdoor pilot. Like, somebody really wanted to make this uh, season of Scoob, and I think that you're totally right. I think that he had a bunch of ideas, or whoever pitched this had a bunch of ideas for how the show would go down. And they were like, well, we can't do that, but we can do a direct-to-video movie because that's what we're doing now. And I think that you're right. I think that he just copied and pasted and condensed the hell out of many episodes of television for this potential series. Well, that makes me feel like a goddamn genius. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know what, Katie? I write sometimes. Uh, I know what this, I know about the, about the biz. Um, that's, yeah, that's exactly, and you know what? I would have, I would have watched that series. I also would watch the 13 ghost series. Um, maybe when Warner brothers, maybe when Warner brothers does that big app they're going to do, that'll probably absorb, uh, DC universe. Maybe Mm -hmm. like they'll have all their Scooby-Doo shit. Cause doesn't WB own Hanna-Barbera? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, also, another reason to check that one out, potentially, is I'm pretty sure Shaggy and Daphne are dating in that series. Oh, good. Which is a take. Yeah. You know what, Katie? You need to you need to crack back open your catalog of wonderful scripts and start, start <laughs> shopping around your Scooby-Doo. I mean, ri- people, Netflix loves Riverdale and Sabrina so much. I just feel like mm-hmm. Scooby-Doo would fit right in there. I know it's not the Archie universe. Dude, but, I know. Ugh. I know. I would. I would love to do my my weird, dumb Riverdale take on Scooby Doo any any time of the any time of the week. Did Sabrina ever grow on you, or did you end up just not liking it? Ah, it, could, it could, didn't get me. Didn't get love me. It. I appreciate love it so much. The, I appreciate the take, and I get that there's a need to revamp and to look at things a little bit differently in hindsight. But it just didn't work for me personally. I like the goofy '90s one. That's fair. That's fair. Um. Sorry, I got off on a tangent, but I was like, wait, Katie, you wrote a good Scooby-Doo script. If anybody listens to this oh, who hires <laughs> writers, hire Katie for her Scooby-Doo script. <laughs> I would love to talk to anybody about it. It's a it. pilot. Uh, so, yeah, it was fun. It was fun to write. 
And um, so you mentioned the fathers of the girls coming in, and that being an episode. And then the episode right after that is Revolta and the Grim Creeper, who we j- mentioned a little bit earlier. Uh, Revolta is this bog witch, and she just decides to use these bats to round up these girls and hypnotize them. I feel like this was a big thing in 80s cartoons where everybody was getting either shrunken or hypnotized. Definitely, definitely and, uh, like a runner. I feel like every every single cartoon character got hypnotized. Yeah, so they just straight up get hypnotized. First of all, grab, uh, excuse me, Shaggy gets hypnotized to bring the girls to this bog, and there's another '80s trope there, which is quicksand, which is eventually averted. Um, and they all are in peril. They get rounded up by Revolta to as like revenge of their fathers for going soft. Yada yada yada. And, of course, the Callaway cadets have to come in and help them. But it's not... It's interesting how they play that out, because it doesn't feel like they're the saviors of the girls. It's just like, oh, no, we gotta help out, because, like, that's part of the code of being at this military school, even though we think that they're weird and gross girls that are ghouls. So I thought that was that was interesting. But they foil her plan, and then all is right. And then, as I stated earlier, there's the other new students and for some reason that just tips shaggy scooby over the edge and then they have to just leave they were like we Uh, were comfortable with these ghouls but anymore and it's like sayonara and my favorite is godzilla's daughter (laughs) who (laughs) i thought that was pretty good (laughs) like she's just like 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 all the other ones are like pretty reasonable like there's an alien there's a creature from the black lagoon but then there's a fucking tiny godzilla child like a little kaiju girl that that could have been a whole... I would have watched a whole series of that. That could have been really fun. They were like... Um, mm. But yeah, that, that tipped them over the edge. They left. But at the same time, they were like, let's send them goodbye, even though we're freaked out and we're leaving. So they howled to show that everything's cool. But they were scared enough to just leave. So it... it what... what ha- <laughs> the ending is just like they just had to end it. Yeah, they're like, like Zoinks, man. We have to get out of here, Scoob. And then they, like, mm-hmm. absconded to another red-shirted adventure. Maybe that could be a whole yeah. anthology. Oh, my God. It'd be a good comic book series. Red shirt, uh, yeah. red shirt Shaggy. Like, oh, like f- mm-hmm. f- four or five issue arc. I'm just dreaming right now. Yeah. Oh, man. The the red shirt era is, is so bizarre. And you, you could tell that we were coming back more to reality during a pup named Scooby-Doo because they gave him the, the green shirt back. And monsters weren't real anymore, and the gang was back together. Like, they're still kids. It's still, like, a, a pup. So they're they're all, like, kids, and it's really fun, and it's more comedic than the original series. Or it's, like, wackier, I would say, than the original series. And, but it's still, it's still in the same vein, and they express that in part by giving Shaggy his green shirt back. Absolutely. Definitely kind of like a, a, a gawky phase for uh, Scooby-Doo and the folks uh, at Hanna-Barbera with that property. Um, wh- my favorite is always just like the dudes just going uh, mystery to mystery, having some celebrity cameos thrown in. Mm-hmm. That's 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 my favorite. That and uh, the James Gunn movies. Um, yeah, the, yeah, that one was really. God fun. damn, that is so classic, and I love how steeped in the lore it is. Um, that's somebody who did their homework. For sure, but um. 
I, 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 you know, this one has a place in my heart. Would you recommend it to anybody? I would, but under, like I said, under the circumstances I mentioned, like there's stuff that yeah. I'll watch open-mindedly for sake of the podcast. This is th- so it makes it fun. I have a reason. Um, and I think the best way this can be watched for uh, like the general public, like if I would just give it to Joe Blow on the street, would be like watch this in a party setting where you can chat and like laugh and like you know get a little silly. Um, it's not something that I would just throw on in in place of like you know that's what the office is for and stuff like that. Like, I I, I but I think under the proper circumstances, yes. Also very Halloween centric, and I think kids would love it. So if you have a kid or yeah. like if or like if you're like you know nannying or have your have a child, I think kids would really respond to this today. I think Scooby Doo will have staying power with kids forever. It's just too it's just too cool. It's so charming and. Again, I just think that there's just a chemistry of the gang that just works. And, uh, you know, you mentioned the celebrity voices. They are actually the new series of Scoob that's out right now because they make a new series of Scooby-Doo like every three years. It's called uh, Scooby-Doo Guess Who? And I haven't seen it yet, but I know that some of the guests include Weird Al Yankovic and Sia. Nice. So that's fun. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like, I think Scooby-Doo should never end. There should always be some iteration of it going on. Um, I don't know if, like I said, I don't know if like going back to the big screen is, is the move. Um, I'm, I think that people are getting kind of sick of that stuff. Uh, I think it was ahead of its time. Um, but I think, I think a series would be where it's at. I honestly think that people would appreciate that. Um, maybe, you know that there's going to be a new Scoob movie though in theaters, right? Wait, like live action? I don't, I don't think it's going to be live action, but Zac Efron is definitely going to be either Shaggy or Fred and I'm... I have such mixed feelings. Okay, but it, I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> if it's animated, I'm so in. I just don't think a live action yeah. runs the move anymore, unless you're gonna do it the cool Riverdale no, uh, way. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm pretty sure it's it's animated. Just exciting. I mean, I'll go regardless. I know you will. I just, I just love the Scoob. Yeah, guys. Hashtag red shirt shaggy. Um, yeah, get that trending. I've been Luke Taylor. I've been Katie Grotzinger. Have a good one, folks.